The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. What is fantasy football without Tom Brady? Someday we might find out. Today is not the day. Welcome, everybody, to Fantasy Football Today, a bonus podcast. Tom Brady is back. At first, I was kind of, I don't know, almost annoyed that I thought about it for five seconds tonight. This is great. Welcome back. Never leave. We love Tom Brady. Also, Amari Cooper is on the Browns. Michael Gallup, five-year deal, $62.5 million uh, with the Cowboys. And Zach Ertz, re-signed by the Arizona Cardinals. Zach Ertz was a top-five tight end in full PPR. And uh, a lot of catches, a lot of targets. We'll talk about him in a little bit. Adam Azer, Jamie Eisberg, Dave Richard, and Chris Towers here for this bonus pod. And we're going to have Deshaun Watson news soon, too. It's going to be a fun week, so make sure you tune in. And make sure you join our bracket challenge. I'll have a link for you, by the way, in the episode description. But cbsports.com slash Brackets. Now, the people want to hear about Tom Brady, so we'll start with that. Dave, rank them. I put him at eight. I put him ahead of Russell Wilson behind Dak Prescott. That's obviously got room to change when we learn more about what the Cowboys do. But I'm, I'm assuming that Gronk's going to resign, that Godwin's going to heal up that they find a third receiver, that the offensive line pretty much stays the same. It's They're running it back. And I think that Brady has proven, especially after last year, top two in fantasy points per game and six-point passing touchdown leagues, top four in consistency. Don't see any reason in the world why he's going to start to slow down now. And the other thing that that's happening here is that I, I feel like his return – is is kind of devaluing the quarterback position a little bit on draft day because now there are so many quarterbacks. You could run through 12 quarterbacks and still not get to any of the breakout guys, still not get to Jalen Hurts, have enough for everybody in your league to have a starter. I, I think now more than ever, this is the time where you do not want to reach for a quarterback because you will find one of the great ones hanging around later. Yeah, and Deshaun Watson too, if he's back and absolutely right, it's absolutely gonna be, it's gonna be a very deep position okay you have him eighth jamie how about you uh he'll be six for me um i mean you just know what he's capable of with this offense i'm sure looking at you know godwin's return i'm sure gronk will be back i'm sure that they will find mm -hmm. something to fill that third spot uh to replace antonio brown but they don't really need that um i'm curious to see what they're going to do with the running back position because that's obviously a big hole you know fournette is gone you know based on the reports from greg allman who is as plugged into this team as anybody so you know, if, if Fournette does leave, you know, that's that's a big spot to fill. But, I mean, this division stinks. You know, who knows what the, the Saints who have tormented him are going to look like, you know, without their head coach there. But, you know, Dennis Allen's still there. But in any event, um, I, yeah, I mean, Bruce Arians is tried and true. Brady's tried and true. Uh, it's it's as sure a thing as you can possibly get for a guy who's going to be 105 and still producing <laughs> at this level. <laughs> 45, 105, whatever it is. Chris, okay, how about you? We got an 8, we got a 6. Where are you at on Tom Brady? 5. I've got him basically right at the top of the third tier after Allen and Mahomes in tier one, Jackson, Herbert in tier, tier two. And then it's Brady, Rogers, Murray, Stafford, all those guys in that range. So I think, you know, you can put him at the top of the tier if you want to have Aaron Rodgers ahead of him or Dak Prescott or someone like that. I think that makes sense. But yeah, he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in fantasy. 
they're going to throw a ton. There's no reason to think they won't. It's going to be one of the best offenses for fantasy again. Yeah, I mean, eight, six, maybe you can even say five. Could People could say it's a little bit low for a guy who's just sure. number two. And I know that after, with basically the last seven games of the uh, of the 2020 season, except for week 17 when it, Mike Evans left, he was third per game when they started playing with Antonio Brown. Uh, although I think I didn't count the first game in that stretch where he was terrible. But he started playing at an elite level. Because remember the first half of uh, his first season in Tampa Bay wasn't great. Second right. half he was incredible. Then they had the Super Bowl He couldn't run. play at night. Couldn't play at night. Yeah, he just he wasn't connecting down. deep. I mean, it was rough. But yeah, I guess I guess my question would be, why not third? You know, why... And how could yeah, how, how I, could you I, how could you rank Aaron Rodgers ahead of him? Let's say yeah, that's the one I struggle with honestly, and he may come out five for me as well because I have Rodgers fifth right now, and so yeah. it's between Rodgers and Brady. Um, the the guys I have in front of him, I mean, it, it's easy to say Allen Mahomes, um, and then the next two, you know, you can you can certainly debate it with Justin Herbert and, and Lamar Jackson, but um, you have to be a little bit concerned, you know, if you know we were talking before the the show started, when does Godwin come back? If there is a little bit of a a lull uh, in, or a delay in terms of his you know, recovery. Who's going to be the third receiver? Is Gronk definitely back? Is there going to be a running back replacement that's going to you know, help in the passing game as well? But, uh, you know, he, he's, he's as safe a bet as you can find in this offense, as Chris said. It's, it's, it's a great offense for fantasy. The weapons are, for the most part, back if Gronk returns. And so there, there's little reason to doubt him if the offensive line comes back in as much as it's capable of being back, you know, based on what their salary cap ramifications are. I mean, there is one thing. He's 45. Ah, we, he's, we've never, that, we've that's never, he's indestructible. He was 44 last year. I know. I know. And listen, I'm not, <laughs> I, I'm loving, I'm loving that you guys are saying that you want to take Tom Brady fifth and Tom Brady six. And he might no, pay no, no, not take ADP. rank. Not okay. Take. I'll, I'll, I'll well, let everybody else. Hold on a second. I'll, You're going to rank him fifth, but you wouldn't make him your fifth. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm never taking a quarterback early. I, 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 it, I mean, because I ranked Josh Allen first, I have to take him first. No, I'm going to, I'm going to wait on quarterback. Well, that's I'm what I'm doing too. That's the whole point of this is that I think it's no, the whole it's point really of it is to tell people to where they should be selecting them. The whole point is not where I'm drafting him. Okay. Well, but so wait, wait, let's all right, so that's that, a better though. question then. What round are you willing to take Tom Brady in? What round am I willing to take a quarterback in is not round when I'm willing to take Brady in because if I'm willing to take Brady, and I get him late, I'm going to take him late, but I'm not going to reach for a quarterback because I never do. Yeah, well, I know. But 9, but, 10, 11? Right. Oh, Brady's going to go probably in round four or five. I mean, there's, right. there's which no, I'm not, I don't want to be any part of that. Yeah. Well, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but should... If he finishes as one or two, which he's capable of, as right. he showed you last year, then you regret not taking him. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think if you go back to last year, right, we had Mahomes. I don't remember exactly what ADP was, but Mahomes was like round two, Allen early round three, and then you had this group of quarterbacks. Kyler, Dak, Lamar Jackson, uh, who am I? Who am I forgetting? I don't know that Brady was there. Like Brady and Herbert, probably just after. But there was yeah, a run. Brady, Brady was more like a hundred, like eighty to hundred overall. I want to say, especially in the draft we were doing. Um, mm-hmm. The I think the the way I look at it is like there are probably three quarterbacks who I think have a realistic chance of averaging thirty points per game, and that's Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, and uh, Josh Allen. We've basically seen all three of those guys do it before. I don't really think anyone else does. I think Kyler probably could because of his rushing ability, but that's probably it. Like for Brady to do it, you're probably talking about a 50 plus touchdown season and another 5,000 yards, which isn't out of the realm of possibility, but it's, it's asking an awful lot. And so I think the, the way you probably want to look at it is like last year, Brady averaged 26.9 PPR points or, or points in four point per passing touchdown leagues. 
and he was about three points per game ahead of Jalen Hurts and Aaron Rodgers. Um, so that's at least if I'm looking at the right numbers. And so, you know, that's where it's like there's that big second slash third tier quarterback. I think that that's where he fits in. And so I think what we're probably all saying is like you'd rather pick from the back end yeah. of that group and maybe sacrifice two fantasy points per game in order yes. to get better value. Yeah. Right. Last year, people didn't buy it yet. Right. People didn't see Brady is that they. Uh, you know, they weren't quite there this year. They will be because he just went out and had this incredible season. But anyway, we obviously we like him. He's going to be anywhere from fifth to eighth in the rankings for these three guys. Let's talk about Amari Cooper. And by the way, we have episode Monday afternoon. Usually we record at 10 a.m. We're not going to do that. We're going to wait for the news to develop. So we tentatively at 3 p.m. on Monday with the same thing Tuesday and Wednesday. As of now, it's kind of a fluid schedule. So make sure you're subscribing on YouTube and um, yeah, just, 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 you know, be ready for a lot of episodes this week. We're going to recap the day's events, and hopefully there'll be some really interesting stuff. There, there will be. I don't have to say hopefully. All right, let's talk about Amari Cooper here going to the Cleveland Browns, um, who actually, believe it or not, in Baker Mayfield's first season had 2,000-yard receivers. I had forgotten about that. Both Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham went over 1,000 yards. That was three seasons ago. But Amari Cooper... Is having a, is going to a much much different offense than uh, the team that led the league in scoring, second in pass attempts. Kellen Moore is always throwing the ball. So anyway, Chris, I'll give you the first word. Uh, give me a round. You think that Amari Cooper will go in as of right now? Things are going to change a lot, I know. But as of right now, and a round you think Amari Cooper should go in in a twelve team PPR league? I want to say round five or six for both. I think is probably where he's going to end up. I don't think there's going to be much optimism surrounding him because I think a lot of people view him as a pretty frustrating player for, you know, not without good reason. He's been very inconsistent throughout his career. He's coming off a down season and he's playing with a guy in Baker Mayfield who rightly or wrongly has a perception as being kind of a wide receiver killer. And so I don't think there's going to be very much excitement around him. I think it could be more like round six. Um, I don't think anybody's going to push him maybe even like I think he'll low end wide receiver two probably is the the high end of the range where he'll go. Is anybody excited about this? Nope. I'm not. Baker Mayfield. It's not I mean it's not the worst thing if he's just a total target hog there. Right? Which because, is what you have I mean, to it's, hope a run, for. it's a run first offense. It's a tight end friendly offense. You know, bringing back Najoku I think kind of tells you that they're still going to kind of keep a similar direction that they have been. Kevin Stefanski's offense really hasn't changed much, you know, so um Beckham flopped going to Cleveland for the most part you know I mean he certainly had some moments and who knows if he had stayed healthy which is you know much more of a problem for him than it's been for Cooper Cooper's an amazing talent you know and, and I don't think gets the credit he deserves you know you saw all the comments or at least if you paid attention you saw the comments um almost every receiver around the NFL was like that's all this guy was worth mm -hmm. yeah uh for a guy that's an amazing route runner and and, and player and, and the production that he's put up but it's more about Baker. It's more about Stefanski. It's more about the division that he's in now as well. So I don't have him as a starter. He's a number three receiver for me. Uh, he's barely in my top 30. You know, So somebody wants to take him in round five. Go ahead. Okay. How about... In, yeah. You know, you, you mentioned like a target hog. Jarvis Landry had a 26% target share last season. And yeah. obviously, I think we think Amari Cooper's much better than Jarvis Landry, who will do more with those targets. But, you know, that was still right around seven targets per game. So even if you know they're going to have to throw more in order for Jar to, for Amari Cooper to be even in the 125 target range like that yep. Jarvis Landry wasn't close to the pace for that 
on a 26% target share. But you he had a hundred. He had 130. So they had two guys in 2019 that had 130 targets in Landry and Beckham. That is just, and they had almost every target. <laughs> Nobody else had right. more than 50. So and so it's yeah. possible that that Cooper could. I think that's what you have to hope for if you settle on Amari Cooper on draft day. You have to hope that. I, I think you have to hope for he plays in the slot like exclusively, and he does a lot of what Jarvis Landry did. I I shouldn't say exclusively. I should say like. 60% of the time and he just soaks up targets and he comes through and the ceiling for a guy like that in Cleveland, it's a thousand yards, 1100 yards, yeah. five touchdowns, yeah. maybe and that like, wasn't the thing. in 2019. Right. No. I mean, it's it, right. So like in 2019, when Baker did what he did, no Stefanski last two years, the receivers haven't put up huge numbers. No receivers had more than six touchdowns in a season. Uh, from Baker Mayfield, uh, very few have had over a thousand. Who was the last one? I actually have this. That the last time a Cleveland player had more than six receiving touchdowns. I don't even. The Josh Gordon. That's what I thought. Is a little bit sooner than that. It was a a fantasy one hit wonder, and it was was not a wide receiver. Oh, um, um, Jordan Cameron, Gary Barnage. Yeah. Gary um, Barnett. 2015, nine touchdown catches. The last time a, a Cleveland Brown had more than six touchdown wow. catches. Uh, all right, you guys want to talk about Michael Gallup? Can I take Michael? Let's say Michael Gallup's healthy for week one. Can I take him over Amari Cooper? Uh, you might be smart in doing so, but I don't think anybody's going to do that. You know, I mean, look, Gallup's in a good spot, and the production might be similar. So you probably just wait that out and you take Gallup. But, you know, clearly the Cowboys told you what they think. <laughs> you know, mm. contract matters, but. Uh, the fact that they let him walk or essentially leave for such minimal return. Again, somebody had to take Cooper's contract, so so factor that in. But, you know, giving up such – getting back such minimal compensation and then turning around and signing Gallup, who's coming off of an ACL tear, you know, they they obviously feel pretty good about that situation that they have there. So um, I, I, I if, if you tell me that I, I can get Gallup two or three rounds later, I, I'll take Gallup two or three rounds later. And it might be more than that. I think people are going to have to figure out how they feel about ACL tears, right? With Godwin, I, with Gallup. I think I think people are going to pay attention to the news with these guys leading up to I mean, the Robert draft. Woods too, Robert right? Woods, Wood, yeah, but at least Robert Woods sort of didn't tear his yeah. ACL uh, around In or December. after Christmas, right? right. Yeah. Well, anybody have strong takes on Michael Gallup? I, I do think I do think people are going to be kind of down on him, but there's obviously huge opportunity here for a team that throws as much as just about any, any team in football. So that's the weird thing though, is they do throw the ball a ton, but they spread it around a ton too. Amari Cooper is leaving a a 19% target share behind. So it's, it's not like, you know, he had this huge role. CeeDee Lamb had a 21% target share to lead this, the team. And Michael Gallup was at 17%. So, you know, he was on a 850 yard pace, I think you could see a scenario where he's really good in the red zone and has close to a thousand yards and eight touchdowns and is like a, a useful wide receiver three with weekly upside. But I don't think he's someone that I'm going to be targeting as a, as a starter. And that's if he plays 17 games. Yeah. Right. I, it, you know, probably like he, and may, listen, he could even play, he might be able to get that in 15 games, just the nature of the Dallas offense, the role that he could have as an outside. I mean, think about receiver. that week one game last year. Exactly. Seven targets in the first half. Right, yeah. right, right. So, like, yeah. he was well on his way. So, he could absolutely do that for them. But if he's not ready to go and he starts the year on the pup list, then I don't have a problem with someone taking him back half of the draft. You're going to take him. You're immediately going to stash him after the draft. And you're going to go hit your waiver wire to take somebody else. 
But I, I do have a problem with people who don't have those PUP IR spots spending mm-hmm. anything before round 10 on Michael Gallup <sighs> at this point. So it's it's a late pick, and if you got to sit on him for six weeks plus, uh, I don't like doing that. I think you can find a player that will have a chance to break out before then, and then people listen. Hopefully, he's fine and he's good to go, and doesn't do what Michael Thomas just did to us a year ago. It's it's a great offense. I just don't know how great of a fantasy offense it is. You know, the last three seasons, we've had what one good season from Gallup. A good season from Lamb last year. Cooper was well, one of those was without. Yeah, I don't count twenty twenty. Sure, sure, mm-hmm. yeah, sure. But even then, you know, that was they were on pace for like seven hundred pass attempts. But even then, they, the way they spread the ball around, it's really hard for one guy to get. I mean, I, I don't I think mean, anybody's had more than one hundred and thirty targets in the past in the Kellen Moore era. Let me give you one stat, and this isn't necessarily about Gallup, but. Um, Mm, let me tell you when I can find it. Okay. In Amari Cooper's first 29 games with the Cowboys before Prescott got hurt in week in 2020. Okay. So mm-hmm. that was the end of the second half of 2018, all of 2019 and the first four games of 2020. He was on pace for 144 targets in 17 games, 1,357 yards, nine touchdowns, 99 catches, basically the best stretch of his career. So I think what you could could take from that is it wasn't as nearly as crowded of a receiving core as it was in 2021 when he had to compete with Lamb and Gallup for for, half the season Mm -hmm. with Gallup uh, and Dalton Schultz emerging. So I think that was really the only time recently that we've seen one guy get featured. Mari Cooper was kind of an alpha receiver yeah. uh, before the Prescott injury and before the emergence of CD. Well, Lamb I think they're, they're thinking Lamb is that guy now. I hope so. Yeah, but uh, I, yes, I hope. I think, right, as I said, it's not necessarily uh, relevant for Gallup, but it just was different than what we saw last year where they did spread the ball around. But um, okay. All right. So, you know, I guess my last question on that is when you look at the contract, five years, $62.5 million for a guy who just tore his ACL, Maybe the Cowboys know something we don't. Do they, is, you know, Jamie, do you think they just, they're higher on Michael Gallup than fantasy might be? And maybe we need to pay attention to that. I mean, how do you, absolutely. That, that's what I was saying. You know, the, the Cowboys yeah. kind of told you how they felt that okay. they took us little in return for Amari Cooper. Um, part of it was shipping the contract out the door, you know, because, you know, finding a taker for that is not necessarily easy. But this receiver market might get nuts in the next, you know, 48 hours, you know, with even who the guys are available. You know, we're talking about Christian Kirk getting 15 million a year. You know, Robinson Robinson's going to get, you know, so uh, and and then, you know, the, the dominoes will start to fall because when you lose Devontae Adams, you lose Chris Godwin, um, you know, the, the two top guys. And, and then Cooper becomes available. You know, we'll see if Landry's market, whatever that is, if the Browns are going to shop him, you know, so all these moves have domino effects, you know, so. Uh, Brady coming back, you know, to tie that in is now going to set the market for what Deshaun Watson is probably going to command. If in fact, you know, team is going to go to what the, uh, the, the potential return that the Texans are seeking, you know, three first round picks and a couple young players that are on their rookie deals. Um, you know, and now the, the Cooper trade is going to set the market as well, uh, for, for what this is Gallup getting that deal, you know, is going to change some things as well. So, uh, it's going to get a little, a little nutty here, but I think, you know, in terms of, you know, just the Cowboys, uh, they clearly, prioritized two players over Amari Cooper, and that was Dalton Schultz and, and Michael Gallup. You know, put in the tag on Schultz. We kind of, you know, saw this coming when we heard the Cooper, you know, news, uh, or Cooper rumors, excuse me, that they were going to try and get rid of him. And so 
Uh, Schultz is a huge winner in this, uh, without a doubt. Lamb is a huge winner in this, without a doubt. But Michael Gallup's not somebody that you should sleep on by any stretch. And if he is ready come week one, uh, there is immense breakout potential. All right, we're going to take a real quick break on fantasy football today. Wrap it up with some Zach Ertz talk after this. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to our bonus podcast here. Zach Ertz, number five in full PPR, number 10 in non-PPR with Arizona. Played 11 games. He was number seven in non-PPR and number five in full PPR. His 17-game pace in those 11 games was 56 catches. Nope, it was 87 catches. Sorry, 56 is what he actually had. 87 catches, 887 yards, five touchdowns on 125 targets. That was his 17-game pace in 11 games with the Cardinals. Not a lot of DeAndre Hopkins in that stretch. Um, right. All right, so Dave, what do you think about Ertz? Is he a top 12 tight end for you? He is going to be a top 12 tight end for me. I don't have him re-ranked yet based on this news, but I figured that it was a not a best-case scenario for him to stay in Arizona. I think there were other spots he could have gone to where I think he could have done even better, but he'll be okay. Someone that you can target back half of drafts, when you need a tight end, you got to start a tight end. Um, his target rate was 14% in the two games where DeAndre Hopkins played. Hopkins was at 23% in seven games without Hopkins. And uh, with any Cardinals quarterback, doesn't matter whether it was Kyler or somebody else, he had a 22% target share. My guess is that he's going to be closer to 14% of the target share with Hopkins there, with another receiver coming there, and with Rondell Moore getting a step up in, in looks too. Still could be a good touchdown target at tight end, and I would expect him to contend for in the neighborhood of seven or eight touchdowns this year, but not somebody that I would prioritize on draft day. For example, Dalton Schultz, way ahead of him. Oh, yeah. Dallas Goddard, ahead of him. Rob Gronkowski, banking on him being back in Tampa Bay, way ahead of him. He caught three touchdowns in 11 games with the Cardinals, and two of them were from Colt McCoy against Seattle with, again, no DeAndre Hopkins. I haven't taken a look at the green zone, red zone, end zone targets in that stretch, but that is something worth noting. <laughs> who, who is in the range of Zach Ertz, Jamie? Who are we comparing him to? Oh, Dave mentioned it. You know, it's, it's uh, and, and I, I love this move for Zach Ertz. I love this move for the Cardinals because I do think, you know, you look at uh, what they're, 
opportunities are to, you know, to acquire players and, and they prioritized him last year. And, and I think, you know, you heard some of this throughout the season that, you know, bringing him back was, was important. And Ertz, you know, said that there were some things he was looking for in free agency, um, continuity with a quarterback, uh, climate money, you know, all these things kind of, I, I think fall in place for him. So I, I, I think, you know, Christian Kirk seems like he's out the door. Um, you know, Dave mentioned who's coming, you know, in there. Clearly, that's something we have to wait and see. But if it's AJ Green and, and Rondell Moore, I think Zach Ertz is in a good spot. Um, you know, we don't know the health of DeAndre Hopkins. You know, this is a guy that had, you know, surgery that was supposed to potentially be back if they made the NFC Championship game or, or, or the Super Bowl. Um, where's he? Where's his health at? You know, and, and is he at the point in his career now where injuries are going to start to become a problem? It's the first time that he's actually had to miss significant time, but it's, you know, he missed two separate times last season. So, I think Ertz is a, a guy that, that Kyler can rely on um, and, and can make some plays for him. He's better in PPR than non-PPR. You mentioned the three touchdowns. So uh, in PPR, he might be better than Gronk. Non-PPR, Gronk is probably going to be significantly better if he could stay healthy. But um, he's in that group. He's a top 10 tight end. It's just a matter of, you know, I think what format you're looking at, half, full, and non-PPR. Um, but I think, you know, if you if you miss on the, you know, top five guys, you know, with uh, Kelsey, Andrews, Pitts, Waller, and, and Kittle, however you rank them, uh, I think you put, you know, probably, at least I'll speak for myself, I put uh, Dalton Schultz and TJ Hawkinson next, Goddard in that group as well, and then he's in that next group with Gronk, uh, filling out the top ten. Okay. And Chris, any anything to add? I'd much rather have Gronk if he's back. I think he's more in the, like, Noah Fant, Alberto, Mike Kosicki, Cole Komet kind of range where – He's probably a little safer than any of those guys, but mm-hmm. I don't think there's going to be very much about Zach Ertz that's exciting. You're you're kind of hoping for five catches and 45 yards per game, I think, is is where you go. And you're just hoping that it's relatively consistent. He's probably not going to have many, you know, 80 plus yard games. And, you know, the the touchdowns weren't there last season. That's the that's the concerning thing, because if he's going to be someone who is more than just a streaming quality tight end. I think he'll probably need to get into that seven or eight touchdown range. And I just, I have very, very little reason to be excited about him. I think I'd rather take the chance on Alberto, although I would expect he'll end up going a lot higher than him as well. So, you know, maybe it's you're taking Zach Ertz or Dawson Knox or something like that. Or you Cole think, Komet. You think Alberto is going ahead of Ertz or Ertz is going ahead of O? Oh, I think Alberto is going to go way ahead. I yeah. don't know. I, I don't. I don't think people are going to be too excited okay. about him. He's a fourth option for Wilson. There have really been very few good tight ends with Wilson. You're, you're excited about him? About Alberto? Well, I don't I don't know if I'm excited about him yet, but I think people will be. I think he's going to be drafted as a top 12 tight end. Only Dynasty, just, I think you're going to see that happen. Okay. I don't think any redraft leagues. Are oh, I could, I could good. see him being the eleventh or twelfth tight end off the board, but I think Ertz will go ahead. I think Ertz is—he's that tight end, that uh, the the bridge. He's the bridge guy mm-hmm. between those top nine tight ends, and then the Albert O's, the Noah Fants, the Pat Fryermuse, the Dawson Knoxes of the world. And I'll tell you what—I I think Knox could jump him if if it ends up being that Buffalo doesn't make any splash additions in their offense. Um, seems like Knox could be a guy that starts to get more targets next year. In, and in non-PPR, yeah, that's yeah. But I don't think in PPR. He's not catching as many patches as that as that Kurtzman. Yeah, but he's going to score more touchdowns. Maybe. When you say the bridge, I mean, maybe he is, maybe Zach Ertz is the last tight end that you feel comfortable with as a week one starter, the last one drafted. No, you'll feel other, you'll feel comfortable starting some other guys, but those are like the streaming guys. I think that's you'll look I mean. at Ertz as like a little bit better than a streamer. 
Okay. But not quite as good of a, you know, rock solid type it's, of tight end. It's also going to depend on who they bring. Because if they don't bring anybody else in and, and it's Rondell Moore and, you know, a few other guys, he's going to be in a really good spot. What if what if their run game doesn't get? I mean, that that's the thing about that Arizona. Arizona right now just has so many questions that they still need to answer this offseason that it's kind of it's again, kind of hard it, to know what what it's going to look like. They, but they, even they then, answered one. You know, again, you got to think. You got to look at what these teams teams are prioritizing. Sorry, you know, I uh, was really just prolonging this conversation so I could look up how many red zone targets he had with the Cardinals. He actually had fourteen, which ranked tenth in that stretch, tied with Mark Andrews, tied with DK Metcalf. How about goal to go? Anybody care about this? Goal Although again, go. no DeAndre Hopkins. You have to assume a, yeah. a decent chunk of those probably would have gone to DeAndre Hopkins had he played more than what two of the eleven oh, games. Oh, how about this? Goal to go. And yes, you're right, Chris. But he had the fourth most. Zach Ertz had the fourth most goal to go targets in in that time period, weeks seven through eighteen. That's pretty interesting. Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Mike Evans, Cooper Cup. Actually, Cooper Cup tied with Zach Ertz. His many goal to go target. And, and he also did this did nothing on the fly. Him. No offseason, no training camp, everything being thrown at him. Yeah. Also, it, that players. all does serve as a reminder of how gross the Cardinals offense was for much of that stretch. <laughs> yeah. It was a struggle. Uh, that's pretty interesting, though. So he that you know, you look at the touchdowns, they were low. Kind of like Mike Williams, actually, who we just talked about. Mike Williams had a ton of targets inside the 10-yard line and a very low touchdown rate. Same thing for Zach Ertz uh, when he was with the Cardinals. Yeah, buying on Mike Williams now. <laughs> it depends. I mean, some people love him. I think that he's going to... Uh, anyway, I'll get your thoughts on that. I'll get your thoughts on that on Monday. We'll recap everything. Uh, Monday's going to be an exciting day, so stay tuned. Remember, join our bracket challenge. Winner is in the podcast league. CBS. How much does that cost, Adam? How much does that cost to join? Free 99, as Chip Patterson would say, our colleague. Yeah. Free 99. I'm sure a lot of people say that. It means first one nothing. It means nothing. Don't let the 99 throw you off. If you want our opinion, I think Miami's going to beat USC. I think if you're looking for a 10-7 upset, I think Miami's going to beat An unbiased USC. opinion, I'm going to say Hurricane 75, USC 23. Dick uh, 76. We are out of here, everybody. Thanks for listening. And uh, cbsports.com slash FFT brackets. Join that right now. We will talk to you on Monday or Sunday night, who knows, with another episode of Fantasy Football today. And I'm hitting the wrong button with another episode of Fantasy Football Today. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.